to Living Within the Sweet Spot with your host, Nikki Klegel. Have you been searching for that something within you? The one thing that is designed to bring abundance into your life? Are you not finding it yet? By partnering with God, you are sure to discover the key to living a happier and more fulfilling life. Now, here is Nikki Klegel. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki Klegel with Fulfill Your Legacy, and I am so happy that you are here on Living a Life Within the Sweet Spot. I just want to let you know, new people coming on, that I am the founder of Fulfill Your Legacy. I'm also an author, a coach, and a speaker, where I help people deeply partner their life with God, clarify and define their God-given life purpose, and tap into the Trinity and all that offers so they can continue on as strong Christian leaders, helping others reach their goals higher than they ever dreamed possible. I like to lead people to a place where they're empowered by the work they do, the health they're in, and the relationships they have. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. All right, so today's show is going to be pretty exciting. I am typically, I take you guys all for myself for the first, I don't know, 10 minutes, and we do a very faith-based life coaching session on whatever the topic is. And then in the middle, I bring in a guest that I think is an expert on the area, and they give us some insight, right? So today, I'm doing things a little different. Joe. Jody Burkeen is on. So you can see him right here. If you are going to live streaming on Facebook, you might be listening on Voice America. Hop over to your computer. You can do it there as well, but go to Nikki Clagle, Fulfill Your Legacy. It's also shared on Jody Burkeen's page, but go there and see us. We're going to be posting links for videos. I know Jody's got an app, but let's go ahead and get started on this. I I want to introduce you, Jody, just mostly as a new person to me, and I don't want to take all the story. You can share what you want to about how we met, but I can tell you this. I knew that I thought that I was going to be working with women. thought that's what the deal was. God called me to do that, and I stepped in. But the men came, and the husbands, and the fathers of the people that I was coaching, and I just had this feeling like I need something more. I need a place for them where men are raising up men, so they have something even more than what I offer. So that's how this all started. But Jody, you are an author, a pastor. You have a great story. Introduce yourself a little bit and how we got to meet each other. Well, sounds good, Nikki. I thank you for having me on here today. Uh, yeah, my name is Jody Burkeen. I'm the founder of Man Up God's Way, a men's ministry designed to uh, encourage and challenge Christian men to be the men that God has called them to be. Um, we see men all the time just flailing around in the church and not doing exactly what they've been called to do, and that's to spiritually lead their homes, uh, to be the man that God has called them to be, to be the father, the husband. Uh, getting their household in order, uh, as the Bible tells us to do. And um, I wrote a couple of books, Encouraging Men and Challenging Men. And uh, I just, I tell men exactly how, um, what I feel. I'm pretty open, pretty blunt about the Christian men in the church today and that we've got to do something a little bit different. Uh, And so uh, I wrote Man Up, Becoming a Godly Man in an Ungodly World, where I talk about seven areas in a Christian man's life where they're spiritual sissies. And uh, I just think that guys need to be challenged and pushed uh, to have a to lead a better life with Jesus. And uh, it makes a lot of things easier if they do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'm going to go ahead and share a little bit about the first time we connected. And this is 
very much why I even decided to pursue um, getting my men off towards your way. So the thing is, I sent a Facebook message and I don't know if you know this, but so if you go follow and I also want you on Facebook to go follow Jody, but if you do do that, he's got a large following of great, awesome men. And so I sent a message and I knew that it would get to your social media person and hopefully they'd pass it on. And my message was just real and simple and short. And it was, I'm coaching a gentleman. I want to find a great resource for him. Um, I, can you tell me more about you? Whatever. And within seconds, I got a message back that said, sure, here's a copy of my book or whatever. And I was like, is that automated or what's going on? And so I dared to message back saying, is this an automated thing or is this a social media person? And you jumped in and said, no, uh, no, it's me. So you remember that morning, do you? I sure do. It's, uh, it was one early Sunday morning. I usually get up about five thirty, six o'clock and start working, you know, just kind of gearing my sermons up for Sunday uh, after, you know, preparing them through the week and just kind of put some notes down. And I just happened to be in front of my computer and all of a sudden the bling comes up and, and there it was. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah. kind of how that got. And then the last yeah. time we talked was you and your husband and uh, driving in the car. And so that was kind of cool, too. Yeah, yeah, that was the day that we became grandparents. So that's good. Oh, yeah, exactly. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. All right. So, you guys, I want to get to the heat of this. First of all, people who are on Facebook, please share this on your pages. I'm hoping more men get on this, but it's women too. I want people to know that um, we have roles that join up together really well. Um, the women help the men and the men help the women. And when, when we're talking marriages or even before we're married and we're picking spouses and, and all these things, but we, we need to figure out how to do this together. And so it's right. not just for men. So, yeah, let's go ahead and tell us why you even have an interest in this topic. A little bit about you and why, why this makes sense with the work you do. Um, as far as the men's ministry goes. Yeah. And your yeah. story, you know, why, well, why? So, so I came into Christianity as, as an atheist. Um, I lived most of my life from 12 years old to right around 33 years old as an atheist. And I loved to fight, loved to drink, loved to do all the things that the world was telling me to do. And, uh, I had children and that kind of changes you. My wife and I were married 12 years before we had kids. And, uh, you know, just looking at my kids, I realized that they were not, they didn't come out of the cesspool of algae of like I thought they did. And so um, that's what, kind of what I believed in atheism. And so that led me toward God. And in 2003, I gave my life to the Lord. So did my wife. And uh, in a very short period of time, God just wrecked my world. Um, he took away a lot of the, the stuff that I loved, the idols that I worshiped, which was money and work and so he took a lot of that stuff away, pushed me geared in, in toward ministry, and I just fell in love with the Word of God. And so when I got into the church, I remember I was, I was newly saved. I had a brand new Bible. I had all the tabs on the Bible because I had no clue where the books of the Bible were. You know, and I'm, I'm getting, I walk into church, I'm like all excited, like, okay, what do I do now? And not one man stepped up to help me out. And uh, by the grace of God, my pastor saw that I was just kind of flailing around. And so he took me under his wing, discipled me. And that just kind of led me into looking at the men of the church. And what I was reading in the Bible was that we're called to a higher calling than what the men in the church were. Like, it just blew me away that we had so many. And, and the term I use is spiritual sissies because, I, you know, as a man, if you're called a sissy, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to cower down and walk away because you think, OK, that dude's bigger than I am and, you know, meaner than I am. 
uh, or you're going to man up and you're going to step up and you're going to fight. And uh, that's just kind of the way that I was raised. I was in the army, you know, played football, that kind of stuff. And I got this term, spiritual sissies. I'm thinking God is sitting up in heaven. He's looking down at all this Christian men. He's thinking, man, what a bunch of sissies, like spiritual sissies. So that's kind of the gauntlet that we throw is saying that, listen, stop being a spiritual sissy. Do one of two things. Either cower down and walk away. Just get out of the church because you're making the rest of us look bad. Or man up and step up and do exactly what God has called you to do. And so because of my bluntness and because of my forwardness, a lot of guys finally in the church were going, ah, I get it now. Like, that makes sense to me. And I think, you know, no offense to the women. If it weren't for the women, the church would have fallen away a long time ago. But um, we've kind of feminized the church uh, and men have stepped back. They're not in, you know, the major roles in the church are being run by women uh, outside of maybe the the pastor or the assistant pastor um, and some elders. But, you know, that's that's really the calling that we have is, like you said, come along and help each other. You know, because if men aren't involved in the church, they're most likely not involved in their relationship with their wife and they're not involved with their kids. That's really what we're seeing right now. So that's that's how I got geared up, like just really excited about pushing men to be the men that, that, that God has called them to be. Yeah. Yeah. You said so many things that I loved. Um, <laughs> uh, the idea of working together, but you're you're manner is quite like take it or leave it um but god is kind of that way he's like you're a yes or no and you need to decide and and the book that i wrote is laid out my first one not this one coming but the first one is consider the problem the word the gift the choice and every single time you come up in something in life do that what is the deal get to the word what's your blessing if you follow it and then you know what you've got free will and make a choice and i feel like that's what you do like you're putting men in this place where Listen, don't be that lukewarm person that's just hanging out there. Make a choice. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's the problem, too, is that we want to we wanna be lukewarm. Well, lukewarm is really not a Christian. You know, in Revelations, when he's talking about that, it's, he's not saying that you can be kind of a Christian. It's, it's not a Christian at all. It's being lukewarm because he goes on to say, um, you know, that, you know, you're vile, you're, you're all of these things. And that's not what a Christian is. And so we've allowed men to be complacent in the church, which uh, allows them to think that they're Christian just because they've either, you know, said a prayer, got baptized, or they haven't missed a Sunday school. And the Bible is very clear that your fruit will match your desire for Jesus. And that's the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control. We don't see that in a lot of men. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, do you mind if I interrupt and ask you a question? Cause I feel like the listeners when they listen are going to be thinking this. So, um, no problem. you know, you're talking about, um, that's not lukewarm. Isn't a Christian. And then I have such a heart for new believers. And so I don't want that to be confused with beginner believers. Like right. so you don't have to be perfect. You're going to be screwing up. Our pastors are screwing up. The best, the disciples were screwing up. The thing is, where's your heart? And so I don't, so lukewarm to me is like, you haven't gone all in with your heart. That's it. And like, where are, where is your focus? Where are you driven? What are you going for? Right. That's what I always say. It's truly saved. I mean, a lot of people go, well, I'm saved. Well, just because you said a prayer and got baptized doesn't make you saved. Truly saved means there's going to be a heart transformation. Like literally, the inward starts changing, which will note, you will notice an outward result. And that's the, the life that we live as a Christian. And young believers, you know, you come in and you say, hey, um, forgive me of my sins, Lord, I believe in you. And that's by faith that you're saying that. 
you don't know all the sins that are in your life until you dig deep into the word. And that's what we call the process of sanctification. That's being better today in God's eyes than I was yesterday. And that's that's the problem with the church today is that we're not sanctifying. We're not trying to live a holy and righteous life. We want to justify our sin and continue to live in it. And that's the, the Bible talks a lot. Of, that's that lukewarm part. You know, you you try to justify your sin and, you know, grace is the, the power that God gave you to do what he's called you to do. And he's called you to live a holy and righteous life. Um, yeah. It's not a, it's not a free ticket to sin. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're going to have people that are starting on this and trying to decide right about now, like, do I just get off this right now? I'm really not interested in uh, hearing this. Or you're going to have people that are like, okay, well, let's, let's hear this. So I want to give them a foretaste of what's to come. So we're going to move into having Jody break down the parts of his book a little bit. So he's, he's got it broken and probably the way he works with people. I can see this all now, like a big program that men go through, but anyway, it's in these seven parts, seven, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right. Let's go ahead and highlight all seven, just say their names and what they are. And then let's start with the first one. Okay. So the first one is uh, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The second one is a relationship with your wife, uh, the Ephesians 5 model. We'll talk a little, little bit about that. And it's uh, uh, the third is to be a father, a godly father. Fourth is to be a servant in your church. Uh, fifth is to be um, uh, at work. You know, too many men are raising holy hands on Sunday and then raising holy hell on Monday. Uh, so we want to be the bright and shining light on, Mon- uh, on, on, on Monday at work. Uh, then six is accountability. Um, most men do not have accountability whatsoever in their life. And then the seventh area is discipleship. And that's probably is what killing the church more than anything. All right. So let's let's get these broken down. Okay. So we'll okay. See, we have four minutes till break. We'll see how many we get done. And we'll keep we'll coming back after the break and keep going. So personally, men, your personal relationship with Christ, Jesus. Well, first and foremost, you've got to know that you know that you know Jesus Christ. That's that's what we push all men to, to say. And a lot of men can't even remember their salvation date or they don't remember that transformation or they were just born, you know, in a Christian home and they think that they're Christian. And so uh, in, in, in sharing the gospel, the truth comes out, you know, making sure that they understand who Jesus Christ is and by faith that they accept him as their Lord and Savior and then this process of sanctification should begin because you have the Holy Spirit in you and you have to keep building the Holy Spirit within you. And so that's first and foremost. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know who he is? Do you understand who he is? And if you don't, I tell them to read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and don't quit reading it until you finally understand who Jesus is. So once you understand who Jesus is and you know for a fact that he is your Lord and Savior, uh, there's this relationship that you now have to build with him. And I talk about three things that every Christian, not only men, but every Christian should be doing every single day, reading your Bible, praying and having a repentant lifestyle. Too many times we want uh, we, we want to have this relationship without putting forth the, the effort of putting forth the work. And so reading your Bible, you wouldn't believe how many people on the speaking circuit when I travel throughout the year who don't read their Bible, you know, who take every word from their pastor. And I think that's why you see so many false prophets out there today is that the sheep don't know the word, you know, so it's easy just to pass something over. And I tell my church all the time, it would be very easy to lead you astray because most of you aren't reading your Bible. You can ask my church too. every Sunday. I ask everybody, how many of you read your word this week? And we want them to read it every day. Mm-hmm. So that's first and foremost. And then having a prayer life, you know, if, 
I, most most men aren't having a prayer life. They have the the nine one one or oh God, I'm in trouble kind of prayers, but they don't necessarily have a good quality praying that God just pours into them and you know wells up in them and worship Him. Him, and so we teach them how to pray uh, as well. And then repentance. Uh, our churches are teaching how to ask for forgiveness, not necessarily repentance. Like. You wake up one day and you say, oh, God, I, I got caught. I'm sorry. Forgive me again. And the next day you're doing the exact same thing. Where repentance is you're walking away from the sin. You're doing an about face, turn around, uh, and you're changing your mind about that sin because you know it breaks God's hearts and it breaks his laws. And so you want to get into that repentance part. And that's where you become, uh, you, you have less sin. You don't have, you're not sinless, but you have less sin. And so uh, we want men to have those three things in their life. On a, sing, uh, on a daily basis, because that's how you have that personal relationship with Jesus. If you're not reading his Bible, like literally, you know, people will say, well, Jesus didn't say that. Well, Jesus, just so you know, wrote the Bible from Genesis to Revelations, uh, if you believe in the Holy Trinity. And so, yeah, Jesus said everything that's in the Bible. So uh, we get them to have that right relationship, because when you're in a right relationship, um, it's just like, you know, when I have a relationship with guys, I can tell them very bluntly and poke them in the chest, not like I could other people. So, because I've got a right relationship with them. Jesus does the exact same thing. He's got a right relationship with you. He empowers the Holy Spirit to, to convict you and to move you into sanctification, holiness, and righteousness. Okay, so that was really good. And I can tell this is work you're supposed to be in because you get to talking fast and passionate about it. So that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so you said a couple things that really jumped out at me. And one was I, I have people all the time say to me, they don't know if they've given themselves to Christ or not. Or right. they, they're like, is it a feeling? Like, do you, like, how do you know? And so since God doesn't like put a memo down and say, okay, it's done. You're good. Uh-huh. Um, you, I loved how you said, you know, just go read Matthew, Mark, Lucha, just read it until yeah. you know. And that's a really, that's really good advice. But men um, don't feel bad. Women don't feel bad when you're sitting there wondering that at the start is a great thing. Right. People who don't have a heart for God don't even wonder if they've done it yet. So, right. so act on the nudge, step in. And I like how you say man up. I mean, like literally, if you're sitting here hearing this, like, I'm really not praying that much. I'm not praying wholeheartedly. Oh, I'm not reading the word. And how much repenting do I do? Do I just kind right. of get a clean slate? If you are sitting there, man up. I, w- I want to say man up for my ladies too. I think it works. But anyway, we got to go. We are yeah. at break. We're going to come back after the break and keep going on these seven steps. Thank you guys for tuning in. Come right back here in a few seconds on Living Life Within Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, 
Gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. I am bringing back Jody Burkeen here with us with a man up God's way. Really happy to be with you guys. We're just going to get started. We are on step number two of this awesome book that Jody wrote. So go ahead, share with us what step two is and some insight on it. Perfect. Well, once you start having this relationship, and I call it a right relationship with Jesus, it's going to filter it into everything else that you do. And the Bible is very clear about uh, the relationship between a husband and a wife. The husband and a wife are to be one flesh, meaning that, you know, it's not just a consummation, but it's literally a spiritual, emotional type of one flesh, one being. And the problem with us today, and, and you see it in the church, you see it in secular society, is that we don't truly believe in that one flesh model, that one mate, the, you know, the till death do us part kind of mentality. And, and so if I'm not having a right relationship with Jesus, I'm definitely not most likely pouring that into my wife. And so um, our, our goal is to get the first relationship squared away and disciplined and, and, and moving and all that kind of stuff. And then we can start turning into the Ephesians 5 model, like Paul's telling the Ephesians church, he's saying, listen, guys, you as a man have to sacrifice yourself, uh, just like Jesus sacrificed the church. It says, you know, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And so how did Christ love the church? Well, he died for it. Like most men would say, well, I'll, I'll take a bullet for my wife, you know, just being the manly kind of, that's, you know, the natural thing. Yeah, but will you kneel down and pray for her? Will you uh, cover, wash her with the water of the word, like the scripture says? Will you uh, pour into her? Will you uh, check on her spirituality? Will you listen to her instead of trying to fix everything? Will you come in and, you know, take care of the dishes and the kids and the things that, you know, men are built stronger. We're, we're meant to, to last longer, so to speak, in the physical aspect. And the last thing we need to be doing is plopping in a chair, flipping on the TV and saying, all right, you know, my day's done. Uh, my wife takes care of everything else. That's not what God meant. We, you know, in Genesis, it talks about uh, it, it was not good for man to be alone. He needed a helper. You know, I mean, and that, and that helper is wife. And you don't mistreat the, the helper and uh, you take care of her just like you do uh, your own self. You know, you've got to do that. And, and this love and respect problem that we have within marriages, too, is really tied into the relationship with Jesus Christ. Women will not respect their husbands like they should because they're not having a right relationship with Jesus. It doesn't say love your wife if she respects you. It says love your wife no matter what. Like, and the same thing for wives. It doesn't say respect your husband if he loves you. It says respect your husband. That's a command from God. That's not just something that men say or women say. So that second area is really vital because it's going to filter in again to everything else that we do. 
Yeah. So, okay. You, you, I loved everything you said. So true. Um, There's probably, I'm wondering if we have time to talk about submission. Um, We might go back and do it. That's always a thing of the world today where it's just this almost power place and trying to figure out where people are sitting with that. And I I am going to say one comment on it for us all to think on. We all submit. Submit not a bad word. (laughs) Submit works. And we have bosses at our jobs. We have God who we submit to. And we have to get out of our mind. The problem is, are you equally yoked? I mean, the problem is when we're sitting there having to submit to something that we know is not good. And right. so, so that's my thought on that. But you, you were talking about the importance of really just praying for each other. And everyone listening right now, it makes me want to have you stop in your tracks for one sec and think, do I pray for my wife? Do right. I specifically pray for my husband? Do you pray with all your heart for your spouse? I, I wonder how many of us do. What is the right. number? at 50%, that's so sad. Yeah. You know? And do we say a quick little prayer, kind of like, you know, when it's time to eat and you're like, come Lord Jesus, be our guest and let these gifts to us be blessed. Or do right. you say a heartfelt, everything in you prayer, you know? So anyway, just, just food for thought. Do you want to mention anything or should we go on to the next one? No, I would say in that prayer, don't ask God to change your spouse. Ask God to change you. Yeah, you, know, it, 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 you, you can't change your spouse. All you can do is have God change your spouse. And so, you know, I tell men all the time, whether your wife is, is respecting you or not, you love her like Christ loved the church. That will, that will do wonders and miracles in a marriage. And, that's, and, and pray that God changes you because in that submission, it's a mutual submission. Uh, we both have to submit to God uh, through his son, Jesus Christ and the word. Uh, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, if we're not doing that, it's harder to submit to each other. The mm-hmm. moment that the two start having a right relationship with Jesus and submission is easy mm-hmm. on both sides. Yep. Yep. So true. Okay. Valentine's Day is tomorrow. You guys, honestly, love like God loves. And if you don't know how to love like God loves, get more God into you. So get to the word. Start praying. Get You will become more Christ-like, more God-like the more you get in him and the more you push away the things of the world and your flesh and all that stuff. Okay, let's Amen. go ahead to the next thing. So it's fatherhood. All right. So here's, here's what I've seen from most men. Most men are really good fathers and crappy husbands. Um, the problem is, is that because the relationship with God is not that great through his son, Jesus Christ, I, I'm not being unified with my wife. And so what I try to do is circumvent the marriage and become a really, really good father because that's easier to do than it is to have the relationship that we have uh, with our wife. The problem is, is that's not God's model. You're talking about submission. That is God's model, not man's model. Um, Jesus Christ is God's model, not man's model. And so if you don't start at the top with Jesus, if you don't start in your in the right relationship with your marriage, parenting is going to be a lot harder. And so the role of the man is not just to to, to train really good athletes or good uh, uh, kids that are really smart and they get 15 degrees and all that kind of stuff. Like that literally does them no good in the, in eternity if they're not raising them to be God. And so it's our responsibility as men to make sure that uh, the family itself is learning uh, uh, how to be God, uh, teaching my kids how to read the word of God, uh, taking them on dates, making sure that I spend one-on-one time with them. My daughter, who's 18 years old, is still uh, asking to go out on dates. And so uh, we go out on dates. And matter of fact, uh, 
for uh, Christmas, I got a little certificate that, you know, she's going to take me out on a date. And so uh, we still, I've trained that in her for, you know, for the very first day. And so what I do with her is I open the car door for her. I pull her chair out at the dinner table. Uh, I, you know, I'm the first one at the door to open the door for her. Like I do the things that uh, when she's looking for a husband and God sends her a husband, she's going to look at him and go, he's, he's equal or, and or better than my daddy. Like that's the goal that as far as godliness is respect and all of those kind of things, instead of some trash boy that I'm going to have to beat up when she brings home. So, uh, and then I teach my my sons the exact same thing, you know, how to open the doors, what to say to women, how to do that all in a godly manner. Not only is it respectful, uh, but it's also godly how we treat women. Um, my sons, I've got two sons and two daughters, man, I make sure that they treat their sisters and their mom uh, with the utmost respect. And so it's our job to pour into them godly virtues, godly nature, uh, the word. And so my 18 and 16 year old uh, are, are now, um, they're, they're at that point where I have to let them go and say, okay, God, it's, it's up to you. Keep them on the straight and narrow. Uh, don't let the world have them. But they know the difference between the world and, the, and God. And that was my job, uh, along with my yeah. wife. I, trust me, I didn't do it all because my wife also homeschooled uh, up until she got cancer. And uh, it was an amazing, uh, amazing feat just to watch them do that. So Yeah. Okay, so I'm not real sure how old your kids were when you came to your faith and kind of got deep into stuff. But I'm my heart is going out for the men. I, I, I coach men and women at all ages. In fact, mostly right. above who are changing their life. So I want you to know it's never too late. But for men that literally have kids in the teens or preteens and they're sitting here thinking... I know I've messed up. You know, my kids don't know respect. I hardly know respect. And like, where do you start with this? Again, it starts with the relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, the problem with most kids, and even at 12 years old, when I was 12, I saw the hypocrisy in the church. Um, You know, my parents were doing a really good job. My mom was uh, and uh, stepdad uh, were taking us to church. The problem was it stopped there. You know, they were expecting the church to raise us. And that's not really the model that God has for us is that, you know, the parents should be doing that. I lived in a really good home, I mean, a godly home, but it was not a place to where they poured into you. You know, they read the Bible, they pushed you in those ways. It was always the do's and don'ts instead mm-hmm. of the relationship, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, I think it was because of my prayer, prayers of my mom that allowed me to, you know, come back to the faith at 33 years old. But it was one of the, you know, for, for guys who have teenagers, it starts with themselves. Once your kids start seeing you at different speak different, love different, uh, you have the, the fruit of the, the, the spirit in you, uh, it will change them as well. And uh, it's, a, it's a discipline that has to happen as well. So they've got to just be ready for the battle because it is going to be a battle. Um, but you've got to teach them those things. It's not something that they just automatically learn. Yeah. And I may be just jumping a little ahead here, but I feel called to say it, so I'm gonna. Um, you know, there's something to any of us get, finding this place of awareness where we think I've messed up, you know, and and even if you have grown kids and you haven't walked this life and you're feeling compelled now to get into this, we do that. That's part of our prayerful life. That's part of it where we go to turn to God as we say, I've screwed up. And just letting your kids sometimes hear you say that and say, but I am going to start this starting today. We're going to do this together and take them along with you. You're not going to be perfect at the beginning, but- If you feel, but they're going to watch you not be perfect. And there's so much glory in that too, because your heart wants to be with God. 
and to be that kind of dad or mom or what? Right. Okay. Exactly. That's so, good. So let's go ahead now and let's skip on to um, the church. Okay. Well, so with the church, the problem with the church today is that the men that are leading don't typically have their household in order. So that's why we talk about the first three things, first of all, that they don't have a right relationship with Jesus. Uh, they may be reading, they may be studying, they may be doing, you know, but it's a devotion and a study are two different things. You know, a devotion is like you're trying to pull scripture out to apply to your life. You know, a study is that you're just trying to learn the, the ins and outs and do's and don'ts of, of the Bible. And so most men that are leading in church don't have that. Titus and Timothy talk about the responsibilities of an elder, you know, is to have your household in order as one of the one of the things in order to step up that. We push men as far as even if you never lead in a church uh, before you even serve in the church. And I don't mean serve as in, you know, pick the chairs up or take out the garbage. Like all, everybody needs to be doing that. But I'm talking about in a capacity of of um, teaching or leading people. They need to have their household in order because any man that steps into leadership of the church um, is going to be attacked by Satan. And he comes every single time with the family. And if you don't have the unity in the marriage, if you don't have the 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 solidifi- solidification of the family he's just going to split that real quick and so you know the problem with church today is that we don't have a whole lot of men stepping up stepping up and serving and you know statistics are outrageous of how many women come by themselves um you know they bring their family and but the statistics of if a man comes to church or he gets saved in church and that brings the family along is like in the 90 percent you know if a, if a man will give his life to the lord uh, and lead his family to the church. Um, and it's almost the exact opposite uh, if a child or a wife tries to lead the family. So we see the model in church um, not even being propagated. And most pastors don't even know how to uh, engage their men because they're so worried about the form and function and programs and everything else. And anytime I'm talking to a church, uh, man, the pastor needs to be involved in the men's ministry. My number one responsibility at our church is to the ministry to the men. Uh, outside of pulpit preaching. Uh, and that's that's easy because, you know, I'm a gifted speaker. Uh, I, I think I am. I don't know that I necessarily <laughs> am. But, um, you know, that that's the easy part of preaching. And so mm-hmm. I make sure that I pour into the men, encourage the men, and push the men while they're at church. Yeah, yeah. Well, even to even hear you say the men ministry, you know how many employed women ministry people there are. Yeah, we exactly. See in churches? Do we see men ministry? And and um, I, and there's such a move for women to be rising up. And I love that. Don't get me right. wrong. I love that. It's so awesome. But I, I take a lot of flack for the fact that I don't want us doing that at the cost of our men. I want strong men. I want men that love boldly right. like God does. I want it in my home and everybody's home, but in church and everywhere. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, it's. Well, again, it's God's model. You know, it's not, we're not trying to propagate something that's not in the Bible, you know, and that's, uh, that's, that's the problem. Like my wife goes to um, a women's ministry every year. She goes with eight or nine ladies and there's 20,000 people that show up to this conference every single year, same conference. Like we pull teeth in the men's ministry to get a hundred guys to come on a weekend. Like it's just, it's crazy. So it's, it's a problem that men just don't see growth in God or growth with, you know, uh, with each other, uh, important part of their life. Yeah, well, you're going to help change that. And Amen. I am going to, and the people I'm with will we'll start praying for, for this to happen. All right, so um, let's go ahead then. I feel like I need to know more about church. 
Okay, so you mentioned a bit like the pastor needs to be a part of this. You know, right. if, are there other things you can give to the listeners, the men that are listening on Voice of America or coming in replay? Right. If they feel like their church, um, they can reach out to you to speak. And you have an event coming up, don't you, in Kansas yes. area? It's actually in uh, Bourbon, Missouri. It's just outside of St. Louis. And uh, it's March 15th, 16th, and 17th. Can and they it's a week. Yes, they can still sign up. You can go to our website uh, and get tickets there. It's through Eventbrite as well. But um, it's a whole weekend. We we don't do games. We don't, you know, we don't allow the men to come and, you know, play paintball and all that. Kind of. It's literally uh, open up a fire hydrant, stick your mouth on it, and t- try to take a drink from 7 o'clock Friday night till 10 o'clock Sunday morning. Okay, so this happens to me when I, I'm often helping women grow in their faith. And I literally will take, I have, a, I have a thing called Will of the Word. It's a wow retreat, Will of the Word, where I just am trying to get people to learn the Word. And we literally, in a weekend, learn the whole Bible. Now, right. you know we That's can only touch, touch the tips of it, but women, I assume men are the same way, don't want to go to a Bible study because it's just like, I don't even know where to open in my Bible. And I don't know, I, they just don't know enough. And just having a great place. What is this like? And can, can men that feel like they know nothing, like brand new, show up at these retreats? Oh, totally. Uh, you know, the very first night is a come to Jesus meeting. I share the gospel. We make sure that everybody's, because the rest of the weekend is really uh, the works of the word. And, um, you know, you won't get to heaven through the works of the word. So we want you to know Jesus first. And so if you don't know Jesus, you're going to hear Jesus on Friday night. And then we teach you uh, biblical training. We are doing a session on how to read your Bible, how to do devotion. Um, you know, some of the things that we talked about today, uh, but it's really getting men to um, the seventh area we'll talk about here in just a little bit is discipleship, like getting men to, to pass on what they know to other people. And man, that's a process that needs to keep going. So it's a really good, really good program. Okay. I really hope people sign up for that. Um, I, I, I'm going to push this video out Thank on you. Facebook in that area. All right. Awesome. So let's go ahead and um, we only have three minutes. Let's start touching on work and then we'll okay. touch on the next one. So work is real simple. Like, you know, again, if you start with Jesus, by the time you get to the work area, and this is not necessarily in that order, sometimes you, you do that. But, you know, we've got to be the bright and shining light in, in the workforce. You know, when people look at us, they've got to see something different. They've got to see integrity. They've got to see character. They, 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 they don't need to see the man at the, at the uh, you know, the, the, the water fountain, you know, talking about the, the TV shows that they should, you know, the woman at the desk or anything like that, or telling true jokes. I mean, they need to be the person, like, if your whole office or work were to get together and they were like, okay, who's the Christian in the room? Could they pick you out? Like, would, they, would you be the person that they would pick out? And that's the kind of light that we need to be shining. Like, yeah. people should see a difference in us, not, you know, the moment that you say you're going to church, they're looking at you like, what a hypocrite. That's the problem with you know, this, this whole lukewarm attitude is that, you know, people, God hates lukewarm because people who are hot, the people who are lost, who can't see the people that are hot because they're looking at the lukewarm Christian yeah. going, man, the only difference in their life is they go to church on Sunday. There's yeah. no difference. Like there should be transformation changing uh, that people notice. And so that's really what the work yeah work area is like yeah 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 okay so you and i share this um the my next book coming out is like almost a mirror image of yours it's working on edits and stuff but it's applying your faith in all areas of your life and the work part i um talk a lot about um this whole idea of even when you're getting married you want to be equally yoked 
And I tell you, if you are in a place of work that is sucking the life out of you and not allowing you to be Christian, you don't need to speak it in those words. I mean, we say do unto others as you would do unto you, or we say live by the golden rule. Fine. Right. If you're in a secular place, say live by the golden rule, but do it like Jesus did. And so my heart behind that is just, um, yeah, I loved your sentences. Can people at work say, yep, she's a Christian. Yep, he's a Christian. And, and who are they going to turn to the second something's up and they want advice? People feel, yep. people know and recognize the Holy Spirit, even when they don't know it. They might not be going to church. They might not be reading the word, but the Holy Spirit is living and breathing and moving all around this place. And sometimes people grab onto you just because of that alone. They feel the Holy Spirit and that's how you connect and slowly it, it builds and grows. All right, we are down to 30 seconds. I don't want this to be over. <laughs> but we'll come back after the break. We're still going to talk about accountability, discipline, and then we will move um, into our questions. All right, we'll see you guys after the break on Living Life Within the Sweet Spot. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We give all we have to our work, pushing ourselves to be a success. We go the extra mile for our children, giving them every shot at life. We run from one activity to the next, rarely enjoying a meal together. And it's threatening our families, relationships, bodies, and our future. Author, coach, and speaker, Nikki Klegel, developed a proven process for navigating through this life with joy, success, and energy by partnering with God every step of the way. Nikki offers guidance for life purpose, positive self-esteem, successful goal setting, success after setbacks, gaining forgiveness, freedom, and accepting abundance are attainable. This life-transforming coaching experience is based on Nikki's book, Awaking the Living Legacy, and is now offered in a self-study at the Living Legacy Academy. For more information, visit NikkiKlegel.com. That's NikkiKlegel.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Living Within the Sweet Spot with Nikki Klegel. The phone lines are ready for you to call in and connect with our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you're feeling a bit shy, send Nikki an email to Nikki at NikkiKlegel.com. Now, back to Living Within the Sweet Spot. Hello, everyone. Yes, this is Nikki with Living Within the Sweet Spot. I'm so happy you're back with us. And we have Jody Burkina on for the question and answer section. So if we don't have anyone pop in for a call, we're going to at least start with our emails. Um, we have two. I was thinking we would finish up the sections of your book on accountability and discipleship. But I also want to serve the people. So let's get to okay. the questions. They might even, um, the answers to those might be in those last two categories. And we'll try to jump in and grab those at the end. All Perfect. right. So the first question that we have is Keel. And so he's saying, my wife is deep in her faith and I feel inadequate. Like I'm supposed to be right there with her and I'm getting left behind. It's my own fault. I know it, but it's like I'm spiraling down and I can't catch up. 
I know I shouldn't need to, that God doesn't care. I'm wondering what that really means. Okay, and then maybe I just don't know where to start. I'm honestly a little embarrassed. So um, I love this, Keel. I think you're awesome. Um, you put this out on the show. You knew I probably would grab it, but it's heartfelt. So we know where your heart is. So number one, that's good. Um, that you say I'm a little embarrassed shows humility. That's a God thing. You have so much more going through you than I think you realize. Um, this whole sentence of, I think God doesn't care. Let me tell you what God does care. Absolutely. God cares. Amen. But I think you have an understanding of grace that you maybe don't give yourself credit for. And that's what that maybe awareness is that God doesn't care, but he does. He wants your journey fast and hard. You go ahead. I'm going to let you take the wheel on this one. So Keel. Well, sometimes I think when men get defeated, um, they quit. It's easier just to walk away than to, you know, it's kind of like dieting. You know, the moment that you stop dieting, you get fat again. It's just like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. Like uh, you, you don't stay in the discipline of exercise. And for, for Keel, what I would say is don't look at your wife's uh, spirituality. First of all, every Christian's model or role model, however you want to put it, should be Jesus. So we all fall short of that goal. And so we're all striving to be there. Some are down way below somewhere all, all here. It's, it's not a matter of trying to get above your wife or, or anything like that. It's a matter of having that right relationship with Jesus. Uh, read your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start there so you can get to know Jesus and don't compare yourself to your wife. Most women, spiritually speaking, are a lot more in tune with God than men are uh, because we have this, this barrier, this emotional, prideful, however you want to look at it, uh, thing, but in humbleness to us is weakness. And a lot of times we don't want to become humble uh, because it makes us feel weak. And I would say that's the exact opposite. In our humbleness, we become strong. And Jesus has a whole lot to say about that. All you got to do is read that. But don't compare yourself to your wife. Um, allow her to come alongside of you and help you uh, understand what she's learning, understand what God is telling her, listen to her, because that's a two-way street. You need to be listening to each other about how God is leading you both. Yeah, so those are all really great things. And and I just think, um, man, your wife, I am quite sure just being a wife myself, Keel, is, um, and you're saying that she's a very spiritual woman. She simply wants you growing. It doesn't matter what where you're at. Um, for her to see you growing is going to bring so much joy to her, and it's going to help her. Like, we need it. We need these men to be strong Christian men. And so if you advance anyway, it's going to be great. And so just go for it. Man up. Come on. You can do it. Yeah, exactly. So um, Jared, Jared is our next one. So he says, I'm 26. So that's pretty young. But yeah, he's right. in his email. It feels like it's old. He says, I'm 26 and my life is out of control. I have been listening to your show I don't really know what to say. The truth is that I think I'm supposed to be going back to God and I don't know where to start or if I even deserve it or if I can. I keep doing things I know that aren't good for me. I see my friends live lives all coming together. Great wives, some of them even families. I never want to date, let alone marry myself. Where do I start? Okay, so Jared, oh, I just want to like, I, I want to plop you in his church is what I want to do. But yeah. uh, 
But I mean, there's a couple things that I really want you to think about, Jared. I pray that you're listening to this and I'm going to start praying for you, by the way, Jared. But, um, but you do deserve it because you're yeah. a child of God and there's no other reason for that. You don't have to earn it. You deserve it. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, the things you're doing make you feel unworthy. That's fine. That's good. That's the Holy Spirit telling you, uh-uh, it's bad. Change. And so act on it. You know, even sending this email is action. And I'm proud of you. So um, so we got a man up and started to step into some of this yeah. stuff. And, and he said all the things. He's going to tell you more. But um, you're doing, again, what I love that Jody pointed out in the last one. And this is what we all do in the world. You're comparing yourself. And you're looking at those other men. Um, look at them. I don't hear venom in it. I hear a little defeat, but look at them as a way to get, look at them with hope. And we have Bible verses that tell us as we call on God, we're able to look to the future with hope and expectation. And when we're living, you know, outside of God, it's those other things. It's the lies that Satan tells us we're not good enough and all those other things. So that's what, what's written on my heart, but you've probably got some ideas and some steps here, Jody, for him. Well, my life verse is uh, Romans 8, 6. It says, for the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. And the problem with most men is we want to continue to live in the flesh, uh, whether it's, you know, for, for men, lust is a big problem. Pornography is a major problem within the church uh, that keeps people in bondage. They don't realize how free they can be if they would just get out of those two things, learn to, to balance your eyes, learn to control your mind. Uh, Psalms 119 verse 11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. And so when we're not reading the Bible, guess what we're not doing? We're not hiding the word in our heart. And so if you're the kind of person that you wouldn't want to date or much less marry, or matter of fact, you ought to think of it. And this is a way that really changed my life. My kids were two and um, three and two when I gave my life to the Lord. And my daughter, I just kept thinking, what kind of man do I want her to marry? And uh, would it be me? And then that's where I want to be, you know, now she's 18 years old. I'm saying, yeah, that's the kind of guy I want. Somebody that's like me. 15 years ago, no, that wasn't the guy. Uh, and so when you're, when you're thinking of that, man, you need to start with the mind. Work, work right here. Start there. Uh, work in the word a lot. And uh, get to that place to where you're learning to walk away from the sins. Repentance is, is key in making sure that you're walking away from those sins. That'll keep you from being defeated. Sin takes you further than you ever wanted to go and keeps you longer than you ever wanted to stay and costs you more than you ever wanted to pay. Uh, yeah, that say that again. Say that again. So sin takes you further than you ever wanted to go. You know, we always think maybe the look or the, the click or the whatever. And the next thing you know, it's uh, taking you, it's keeping you longer than you wanted to stay. Or one drink is drunkenness. And, and exactly. Yeah, it can go from there. And then uh, it always costs you more than you wanted to pay. Uh, I deal with a lot of um, sexual, uh, we've got some friends who have uh, ministries that have uh, sex trafficking uh, deals and, and they do undercover things down in third world countries and they take American guys who are trained in military and police and all this kind of stuff and they do uh, these, these uh, busts down there. And it's always American men uh, who are wealthy in some cases uh, you know, wanting to be with a 13-year-old. In every single instance, it's always started with pornography. They didn't just wake up one day and go, I wanted to be a pedophile in a third world country. Uh, they started with the internet. They started with, you know, not capturing their thoughts or controlling their flesh. And the next thing you know, they're down in a third world country. That's what I mean by 
you know, sin always takes you further than you wanted to go, keeps you longer than you wanted to stay and cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. Yep. Amen to that. Um, so at the beginning of Jody's kind of conversation here, I just really want to stress this. I, um, he, living in the spirit. I mean, we literally get to, we have free will. We have mm-hmm. a choice. We live by the flesh. We live by the world, all this, or we live by the spirit. And as we live in that spirit, literally, it starts to um, take root in us. And we have so much space in our brain and our heart and our mind and our soul. And what are we going to fill it with? You know, honestly, you, you have so much more control than you realize you do. And when you don't, God does. So are you going to partner with the world or are you going to partner with God? Okay, so let's let's go ahead and let's um, get back to the accountability and the discipleship. So both Jared and Keel will pray for you. We're glad that you guys wrote in. It takes guts to write in. So we'll pray for you and I'll reach back by email. I might share them with you if they're okay with that. Amen. That's All right. So, so accountability. So accountability and discipleship are very similar in nature. Accountability is literally just giving uh, a brother in our case or a sister uh, to your audience uh, the authority to come into your life, into my life, and hold me accountable based on biblical standards. And so if you understand the word of God and you're just holding each other accountable and you're checking each other, so it's what I call a fruit squeezer testing the fruit of the spirit and making sure that they are, you know, in a place that uh, they're reading their Bible, they're praying, they're having a repentant lifestyle. That's really what accountability is. Making sure that it's a, a two, a one-on-one conversation, not just a, you know, one, you know, anytime it becomes a counseling session, you, you're you either just pouring out your heart or they're just pouring out your heart. That's not really accountability. But I, I've got people in my life that have uh, the ability to grab my phone at any time, check my phone. Uh, I have accountability apps on my phone that if I were to look at anything that would be unbecoming, my elders and my uh, wife get a text or an email. And so there's accountability that has to happen in that uh, in that arena. And then discipleship is uh, Matthew 28, 19. Uh, it says, go therefore and make disciples in all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then verse 20 says, teach them all that I've commanded you. And lo and behold, I'll be with you till the end of age. That was a command from Jesus. The last thing that he said before he he floated off the face of the earth. And we are not doing that. Like literally, we are not doing that. In everybody's life, they should be a Paul. We should have a Barnabas in our life and a a Timothy in our life. So what that means is that somebody like Barnabas is pouring into my life uh, as a Paul. And then I'm pouring into Timothy's life and Titus's life and John Mark's life. Like I'm, that's, that's something that should happen in my life daily. Uh, if not, you know, weekly at least, you know, that I've got somebody pouring into me and that I'm pouring into somebody. There should never be a time in my life that that's not happened one way or the other. And so what I found over the last six years of traveling, uh, I did a poll in 2014. I spoke to over 4,000 men. And I asked how many Pauls that we had, somebody at Barnabas or somebody at Timothy. I had a 5,000 men, 189 guys raise their hand. That just shows you the problem in the church. We have no discipleship whatsoever. And discipleship is easy. If you're reading your Bible, like literally all I got to do with discipleship is I got to go, well, I read today this. What do you think of that? That's discipleship. Or let's 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 chew on that. Let's mull on that. Let's let's think that that through. And then there's going to be cases in discipleship where you're going to go topical. Let's let's deal with lust. Let's deal with porn. Let's deal with my marriage. Let's deal with my kids. Let's deal with the church. Like there's easy ways to do discipleship and we've got to stop making excuses about it. 
Yeah, yeah. There's a couple things going through my mind. We're down to two minutes. I'm going to say them real quick. But um, one is, you know, how do you find a partner, accountability partner? Go to your church. Um, really think wise, mm-hmm. um, wise counsel. Um, really, even um, your friends might be your some of your accountability partners in terms of your social life and how careful, how easy it is for us to go astray in our social life. And so be careful who your friends are as well. We're down to one minute. I want to take some time to share where they can connect with you. Um, you have an app out. Please talk about your app. Right. We can get people to sign up for that. Sounds good. You can go to our website at manupgodsway.org. You can check us out on Facebook. Uh, We have 827,000 followers on on Facebook. And just just so you guys know, 60% of those are women. So they want their man to man up, and they're trying to learn how uh, their man uh, should man up as well. And then we have an app. If you go and download, it's a community app called Go Mobilize. uh, And we are one of the largest communities on there. And it's a great app, great connection uh, to get a hold of us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jody, for being here with us today. Um, I'm going to share with you a couple of places, listeners, where you can go for me. Um, Jody was talking about discipleship. This was written in my heart. My last book, Waking the Living Legacy, was originally going to be called The Jesus Legacy. And I thought that I would um, miss some readers. So I changed the name at the end, but it's a clear message at the end to go on and leave the legacy Jesus left for us. I have a subscription page called The Legacy Leaders, where we continue to build each other up to teach you how to be to live love learn and lead according to the call God has on your life and to go be disciples Uh, all right I am so grateful thank you Jody for being with us I cannot wait to talk to you the next time thank you for tuning into living within the sweet spot Please join your host, Nikki Klegel, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next program, invite abundance into your life and live a happier, fuller, and more successful life than ever before.